Greetings. We're here at Calamore Abersist in Urbana, Indiana. I'm your host, Russ Bauer. Welcome to the Pipe Dreams Podcast presented by Calamore Abersist Corporation. heard before in the upcoming podcast, we're going to explore the history of Calamore Aversist, 100 years in Germany and, and uh, 50 years here in the U.S., and my 45-year affiliation with the company, as well as the employees and customers and suppliers and applications that we've worked with over the years. You can always find out more information about our company here in the U.S. and the German company at Calamore.us. And the international website is calenborn.com. Today's guest is Mike Donaldson. Mike is co-director of the Inside Sales and Engineering Departments with Chris Wagner. Um, six or seven years ago, it was decided to co-mingle the Engineering Department and the Inside Sales Department. That was a decision that was uh, put out by uh, the new management team, Craig Troy and Scott, uh, Mike and Chris were both directing their departments individually. And when it became an idea to make a co-manager situation, I think everyone pretty much agreed that it would be a good idea. They support each other on a daily basis. Uh, Mike takes care of the estimating department, has several people working for him. And Chris takes care of the engineering department and has several people working with him. And I think they have offices across from each other. And of course, they've worked together now for 27 years pretty closely. So uh, great, uh, uh, great, great friendship, great uh, professional relationship. And uh, I want to introduce you to Mike. He's sitting across the table from me. Mike's a local guy, grew up on a farm just like me. I know his mom and dad farmed all his life. And I believe he still lives on the family farm or they're close to it. Um, I think his dad has passed, but his mom is still alive. So uh, he'll tell us a little bit about his life and his uh, growing up on the farm, just like I've told you about mine. So, Mike, welcome to the podcast. It's good to see you again. Thanks again for all the years of uh, of friendship and uh, camaraderie. We've had a lot of fun at Aberzist. Had some had some tough times and some good times. And I just want to welcome you to our podcast and give you an opportunity to to tell us a little bit about yourself. Thank you. It's good to be here. Um, you are right. I did grow up on a farm. One of those uh, farm kids that would go out and run down along the creek and throw rocks in and throw throw sticks in and watch them float and uh, go out and play in the haymow, you know, all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I, I, me and me and my brother, basically. But uh, I took... Uh, Graduated in uh, 85 and took two years of uh, a technical at a technical school doing architectural drafting, kind of a beginning to that back when they actually used pencils and erasers and not much software at that time. And uh, uh, after I got done there, uh, checked around on some jobs and uh, ended up running into an old family friend, uh, Bob Engel. And he says, hey, they're hiring over at my place. I said, really? He goes, yeah. He goes, they pay pretty good. I like it. 
And uh, I said, well, I'll try it. So I came in and interviewed with uh, Greg Leiniger. He was a shop foreman and uh, got the position. So, And that was a shop position. Yes. Yeah. I started in the street department, yeah. slapping paint and uh, pushing cylinders. Not the same as me. My first job was paint sea flanges, but I think by the time you started, the sea flange era was was bygone. So uh, Greg will be a, a feature on an upcoming podcast. Greg's been here about 100 years, I think, it seems like. So uh, it will be, be fun to talk to him. So Greg was the shop foreman at the time? Correct. Mm -hmm. Yep. And that was in what year? 88. 88. So I was already in sales. So I probably didn't have a lot of interaction with you at that point yet, other than just walking through the shop. I think our first, the first experience I recall was a field service job in South Chicago, Johns Manville, maybe a cyclone job. Correct. Yes. Yes. Right. 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 About when Steve Ness started, we put a funny lining in a cyclone. And I think I have some pictures of you, a pretty young looking guy in those pictures. Yeah, I don't like to look at those pictures. <laughs> I'm like, that's not the man I see in the mirror when yeah. I get up in the morning. Well, you have to get used to that. That's going to happen yeah. the rest of your life. Do you, do you recall that job? That yeah, job? I do. I remember that uh, we went up there, and uh, I think part of that cyclone, not all of it was getting wear because we started getting up towards the top where they had a lot of buildup, and you said, well, if it's got buildup there, we're not going to even install any tile there. So right. we're, And uh, at that time, we were using some of that... Uh, we got some cheap silicone, so we had like five different colors of silicone all going at I, once. I wondered there. if you'd remember that. We had gray, <laughs> we had black, we had red, we had white. Gosh, we might even had blue, all kinds of different. That so, was a, a multicolored uh, silicone cyclone job. We put in a half-inch ceramic tile. That was a, a cyclone that picked up uh, saw cuttings and dust from many, many saws throughout that factory cutting green insulation made from recycled paper that went on top of flat building roofs. And every time they would make a cut, they had to collect that dust because it was dirty, obviously. I don't think it was hazardous, but it went through that little cyclone and, and uh, there wasn't a lot of wear in that cyclone. The cone was pretty rough, but the rest of it was pretty good. But I remember Steve Ness being there, uh, you, uh, one of the guys from the shop, bigger kid, I can't remember his name now, Daryl. I think it was Dan Sheffer. Dan Sheffer, that's correct. He was in yeah. welding. That's right, that's right. I don't know if Jeff was there or not. He he was not, but we had his truck. Right. And when we got back, we got accused of having put a scratch on the truck. That's so. right. And we, and we lost a case of silicone on the highway. Yes, yes. We don't like to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, we don't talk about that. So, yeah, I, don't, I, I, I should have prepared better and remembered what year that was, but it had to have been late 80s for sure, I bet. Probably, probably probably weren't here very long when we did that job any yeah. other any other memorable jobs field service or shop jobs that you remember well there there are a, a few things I mean uh, I remember uh, I think we call it as uh, it, the the stuff that went up to Alaska uh, is Delta Ducon Delta was was Blue the name stuff. of the company that we ran that through and I remember uh, that being a huge project, all those cyclones, we had cyclones, basically, when we stood them up to line them, they scraped the ceiling and we knocked a couple ceiling tile out trying to stand them up to get them in place. And some of the heavy hardware, uh, that was all blast proof. All that stuff was uh, high pressure, uh, very thick flanges, uh, heavy duty steel, Healy clean coal. 
That was the name of the, that was a U.S. Department of Energy project to bring coal up out of the ground and feed it right into the uh, unit, I guess they called it, the, the burner, the boiler, and uh, that had uh, all the Delta Ducon heavy-duty uh, uh, process equipment. It had Chicago blower fans on it that we went up to Chicago blower and, and, and lined all the fans. That was a big job. That was a very large job at that time in our life. That was weeks and weeks. I remember that spanning over several months. Yeah. Mostly um, Abrazist, I recall. Yep. Uh, Almost all Abrazist. Yeah, yeah. Delta Ducon, that's right. And then uh, another one I remember going through the shop is uh, the original, all the original piping for Suncor. Yeah. And yeah. that all, uh, I, I remember that because... It was a lot of work for the foreman because basically all we had was the customer's ISOs. Hmm. And at that time, we weren't producing them, uh, a lot of our own drawings. So we basically built right off of their uh, is isometric drawings. Uh -huh. And then uh, just everything, it was, it was heavy and, and uh, lifting lugs and wear pads and, and all kinds of special things. This is the one where we probably one of the first jobs I remember where we had a customer that didn't like any of the faces of the flanges to getting scuffed. Mm. And we ended up bringing a machine in and remachining some of the faces to put the phonographic finish back on the faces. At the job site? Uh, here, here, after lining. Really? And huh. then we had to grind the lining back down to match the, the face without <laughs> scuffing it. <laughs> Yeah. So uh, I, that's that's what reminds me of that. Plus, when we went, there was not a piece that was you would consider normal, and we had to basically jigsaw that all up on flatbed trucks with all these pipes and supports and things hanging off of it everywhere. But that's that's a big one I remember. And then uh, maybe the field service that I remember is the Blue Circle, yeah. Bethlehem Steel. Baltimore. Which, of course, isn't running anymore, but it was those two huge tanks. Oh, that's right. The granulation tanks, the storage tanks. It yeah, that's all gone. That's all been removed, and that's a beach now. Right. The whole place is gone. But but I remember lining that, and I think it was over a lab two weeks prior to, to Labor Day. We lined, we worked 10, 12-hour days, seven days a week for two weeks, putting those uh, liner in that one, and they flew us home for the Labor Day weekend and then flew us back out there and you walked around the plant on the other side and it was the exact same thing to do all over again for two more <laughs> weeks. It was like deja vu. That was a lot of average tile, I recall that. It was, yeah, I, I don't know, two, three semis worth of tile that we shipped out there. Was it standard tile or was it That custom? was all weldable. All weldable, weld straps. Yep. Yeah, so so Aversist, uh, fuse cast basalt or tile, they have the ability to press in. It's cast in a sand mold, poured in like you would cast iron, for instance. But it's a, a basalt product, molten rock. And after the after the mold or after the the abrasist has set up to a certain point, they take a metal strap with two screws in it and push it down into the back of the 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 abrasist and and let it cool. And then that becomes a mechanical fix so that uh, you can weld that to the side of the tank so it can't come out. Gosh, I forgot about that one, too. That was a lot of work. Was it Ray Elberson at that time? Yeah, Ray. Ray, Ray sold that. Ray sold he, that. He came down there. 
uh, I remember one day we, we probably shouldn't have, but we um, basically took a little liberty and went all the way to the top of the tower at the steel plant there where the red light was blinking, uh, <laughs> just to see the, the harbor there. Sure. And it was, it was quite the view. Uh, we got some looks on the way back down, but it was too late by then. So probably the top of the blast furnace, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Wow. The very that's top. Cool. I, that's, that's one of the things I'll probably always regret is not being able to interview Ray Elverson. He was a, he was a, he was a hell of a guy. I, I uh, miss him a lot. He, he was one of the craziest dudes I ever met in my life and he covered the East coast and he did it well. Someday, maybe I'll just do a podcast about Ray from what I recommend. Re- well, remember, I remember the first show I went to. I think it's Powder Bulk and Solid. Mm-hmm. Ray was there at Rosemont, and he would take our donut sample and roll it up <laughs> and down the aisle. And then someone would look at him. He goes, "Hey, you want to buy some pipe?" And he was just this interesting character that always was really enthusiastic and uh he would draw attention to himself which you know hey if 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 it if it gets some people interested in what you're doing and then then but but yeah that always amazed me he just nothing embarrassed him never met a stranger didn't care just he was east coast kid new jersey kid and married into a family on the east coast that let's just say uh was very italian and uh, I actually went to his wake out on the Jersey Shore and, and sat with his wife for a couple hours and, uh, and, his, and his brother-in-laws and sister-in-laws and heard stories that were just incredible about how they didn't want him in the family, but he pushed his way in anyway and just and they loved him just like we did. So, yeah, Ray Elberson, what a guy. So, okay, so, so uh, uh, field service. Uh, you worked in the shop for a number of years in the straight department. Then you went into fittings, learned the fitting portion. Right. I, I only actually spent two summers in street department yeah. because they had some changeover in the fittings area. And so within about two and a half years, I got moved up into fittings and was doing elbows and tees and laterals. With Roger Poe? Yes. Roger Roger, Poe. Roger was there. Uh, at Ar- that time, Mark Jones was Ar- group leader. Arlo Honeycutt was gone. Yeah, he wasn't there. Okay. Dre- Drexel? Drexel Hall, yeah. Yep. Gosh. Yep. So many, so many uh, people uh, come and gone over the years. And then, so, so you, you worked at fittings for a number of years. And then, how did you, how did you, how, did you, were you group leader at one point? I did group leading for almost two years. I overall, I was in the shop just over eight years. Um, and at that time, they were looking for more help up in the estimating department. And I was on the bubble, whether it was something I wanted to do or not. Um, and Mark Jones decided he wanted to try it. He went up and decided it wasn't really something that he he wanted to do. And he came back down. And at that time he was at that time he was doing the foreman's position. And uh, I decided I'd take it take a stab at it. And I went up and liked it. I mean, I kind of like computers. Right. Uh, and, and all that stuff. So that, that getting gave me a strong push. Um, I was, I was thinking about it the other day. Uh, I definitely don't consider myself a person who likes math or, or that kind of stuff. I, I don't consider myself a strong math person, but yet I have found that even here more recently that being analytical, looking at numbers, looking at things in different directions. I love that stuff. 
Well, I, I've always said that uh, besides myself, I only know one guy that likes numbers more than me, and that's Mike Donaldson. We've always, and, and, and Mike taught me a lot, just so you all know. If it wouldn't been for him, I'd be a lot dumber than what I am because he's good at numbers, good at spreadsheets. Uh, I tend to be uh, in antiquated is that a word kind of an old guy and I, I like I like the whole concept of spreadsheets and numbers and stuff but I I uh, learned a lot from Mike over the years and and he was always very welcoming and helping me with my spreadsheets and and keeping track I, I'm as a numbers guy and a sales guy it was always important for me to keep track of everything uh, number wise uh, regarding the sales department and my my sales personally and, and of course for the company and uh, when I became a sales guy in 84, we didn't have computers, obviously, but I kept it in a log book. And when I got my first computer, I think about 88, 89, uh, we obviously started keeping track of it. And, and when Mike came upstairs, it made everybody's life a lot easier because he is one of those analytical guys that, that loves to take the numbers and massage them and make them into a, a format that everybody can appreciate and understand. That's the coolest part when he puts a set of numbers together and even to this day, the, 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 we'll talk about this in a little more in depth in a minute, the different analytics that we've come to uh, love that come out of Mike's office uh, that help us in our daily life here in the sales department at Aberzist. It was really a neat thing to have somebody that kind of felt the same way about numbers that I did, but was even much better than I was. So uh, we really appreciate that. You you took the computer thing here at Aberzist to a whole different level. Uh, that just happened naturally, or did you just? I mean, how, how did you? What happened? Here, here's something that's weird. I liked the idea of computers before I even had a computer. Mm -hmm. It was something I wanted to mess with, and here's something so boring that no one had ever considered doing it. I wanted a computer so bad, but but at the time couldn't afford one. I actually bought a 4.0 DOS manual and read that. It's like 500 page manual and read that so I could know more about computers and then eventually did buy a computer. Yeah. And it was just this thing that seemed, I don't know if it seems magical or what word you want to use, but it's this tool that can be very flexible. You could, print with it you could draw with it you could type with it you can you know and now those things are just assumed you know the computers are so much so much more anymore but I, I think part of what drove me upstairs and I have this maybe some of it's so that I'm not bored and and so that things feel fresh I always have this view of wanting to look at how I did stuff and how can I do it better and and a computer always seemed to an easy way to make what I did faster. There's right. got to be a shortcut. There's got to be a way to do this faster and better and do more and, and increase my productivity. I don't know if that's sure. what you want to use, but, but I always wanted to, that made me feel successful. Right. If I did it better or faster today than I did yesterday, then I, I felt successful. Well, I could tell you, I was an outside sales guy, you know, when you came up and, and, uh, I remember thinking, this is cool. This is going to help. This is going to help me make more money. I mean, that's why we work here technically, even though, believe it or not, I really love working here. But I mean, money, money is the, is the reason we work. And, and Mike was able to help me sell more, not only from a estimating standpoint, which was his job, 
but just an overall better time spent when you can when you can get the machines to keep track of your stuff for you it's less things you have to do yourself and the even better part of it is you can forecast trends you can look back at numbers and say hey this guy bought $10,000 last year he only bought 3,000 this year why and so you ask yourself all these questions and and I think all the analytics we didn't call them analytics back then but that's what they were I think those made us a better salesman. So I, a lot of people will tell you my career here at Aversus being the number one sales guy, blah, 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 and all that. But part of the reason for that is Mike and all the numbers that he helped me with. So I, 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 I could take the credit for, for all that. But the honest truth is the people like Mike and Chris and Greg that we'll interview someday, uh, all putting their stuff into this basket and, and giving a sales guy like me a big basket full of stuff to go out and help me sell, I think that's probably really basic to the reason why Abrazis is successful. We all have different personalities, we have different likes and dislikes, but somehow we mesh together to make it into what it is today. And I just met with the president a little bit ago, and he told me about the profitability for this year already, and it's spectacular. It's, it's become such a well-oiled machine, I guess, if you will. And, and part of that, Mike has taken to a whole different level. The analytics we were talking about, we use Mike's numbers to predict, to sell. Uh, he puts out pie charts. He puts out graphs. And anybody that wants to pay attention to them can use them to their benefit. And that's, that's for me, that's spectacular. I think back to some of the other sales guys, Ray, for instance, Ray Elberson would look at your pie chart and said, oh, that's pretty purple. And then he went on selling the way he sells. <laughs> I, I feel like there's more to it than that. And, and I appreciate all that work that you put into that. And uh, I guess maybe I, I, I want people to know, I mean, I, I, we can't get into what it is you actually do because that's way too deep for, for a 20 minute podcast, but, but, but keep a track of the numbers. Tell me why you do it and, maybe how you do it a little bit. Just explain to me how you see that whole, whole process. It, it's, I don't even remember. I, I actually do remember how it started. I wanted something to help me understand out of, cause we use Excel spreadsheets a lot. Um, spreadsheet to do everything, you know, one, one to do this, one to do that. And I wanted something to tell me how to handle, um, who had what proposals and how many and, and what they were. And, uh, and, and so I basically came up with this program that, uh, was called power BI, which BI stands for business intelligence. So it's analytics program basically creates what they call a dashboard. And the nice thing was I could hit refresh on this and somebody could be in the, spreadsheet and it didn't matter it would still read the data out so i could see that so and so had two quotes and this other person had five and this other person didn't have any so maybe they were someone it helped give me a quick overview of what's happening and that's where it actually started was right. me just wanting that tool to help me do my job better than the day before right and then it branched into well if i know where things are shipping to and, and we add those 
states in there, all of a sudden now I can attribute dollars to states as it ships. And then if I know that it's Abresist or Calisair or this, then I can attribute that too. And then you add a time frame in and go, well, look what I did in the first quarter compared to the third quarter of last year or compared to the first quarter last year or look where my margins are now. And all of a sudden it just becomes this big thing that you never expected. And, 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 and no one asked me, hey, can you come up with some pretty pie charts? It just... Right. It just started. It just happened. <laughs> and, and, and again, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I came and said, hey, Mike, can you tell me what XYZ company did back in 1992 or 2002? And, 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 and he'll say, yeah, I, I can tell you what they've done every year since then. And, and for me as a sales guy, especially when I became the sales manager for the company, those trends and I'll call them forecasts for lack of a better term, became extremely important in, 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 in the success of the company. And obviously all that's available in the computer system. It's all available on paper still, I think, mostly. But for Mike to be able to pop those out uh, on a moment's notice to help me do my job, that was huge. And, I, and I've told you this lots and lots of times, but thanks for that because it made, made me look pretty smart because I could go to the president or the owner and say, hey, this is trending. Maybe we should look this direction or this is really being terrible. Maybe we should kind of shy away from putting effort into that particular uh, uh, avenue. So it made me look pretty good uh, using Mike's information to, uh, to help facilitate sales within the, within the company. And I think it's spread to overseas to some degree. So the analytics can be used for uh, a lot of things. We keep track of the uh, sales and the trends and the, the uh, way we do business, and that helps a lot when we have meetings with Germany and with customers as well so that we can go back quickly and look at that dashboard and come up with what might have happened in the last year, two years, five years. We're probably back, what, six, seven years now? Five? And with certain things, yes. Yeah, as yeah. far as sales and, and where, where it went, we right. are. There's... Other things I'm not back quite that far on. But. And some things you've went back and picked up. Right. Specifically right. when we ask you uh, certain certain types of trends or numbers for certain customers, that sort of thing. So it's a, we, he, Mike has the ability to go back and add that information into the into the dashboard so that uh, uh, we can track things even, even a little further back than what we normally, normally have. The, uh, the next step in this... Uh, evolution of computers and and so forth and you, you know where i'm going with this we we talked a little bit the other day about ai artificial intelligence uh you're the guy that i would think of when i think about somebody that's doing the research and and uh uh interested in it i'm, I'm interested in it too probably maybe for a different reason but i'm a little paranoid about it but uh, i figure you probably have looked at it and used it. You told me you've used it a little bit. So yes, give I us have. a quick, quick little, little jaunt on what what you've done with AI. Well, I, I messed with uh, Chat GPT, and they're at four. I've messed around with three some. Of course, Microsoft is pushing hard and fast to get into AI, and so their Bing search has a button you press to basically access, I believe, what's 
GPT-4. Mm-hmm. And um, it's weirdly accurate. Uh, sometimes it has, uh, sometimes it goes off on a tangent and it, they call it like a, apparition or a or a dream it will make up things sometimes just to fill in spots but it is weird i have typed in things um i'll I'll be i'll be honest and uh, say that uh, some of the uh, linkedin posts i do had ai help where basically you can type in uh tell me about this company and this product and um how it's helpful in this industry and it goes out and does the research and brings it back how, how fast um 15 20 seconds Jeez. now the thing i found is you have to verify uh-huh. and they the, the 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 bing does give you references that you can click and go to the websites and see where it's pulled from some of it makes up because there's probably algorithms that say if I want something written this way, it writes it in a certain style. Um, what I've found, heard people say, and found to be true, is it gets you about 80% where you want to be. It'd be like, well, it'd be like you and I talking, and I say something, and that spurs something with you, and so you say something, and together we create something. That's where I see AI right now. It's not 100%. I wouldn't say do this and then throw it out there, but it gets me 80% there. It sounds like a, like a, almost like a search engine type. So, I mean, instead of doing your own research, it does it for you. It it is basically a research assistant. Wow. Well, that's kind of cool. That's not as scary as I thought it'd be. Well, Some of there's, there's a lot of stuff yet to come, <laughs> I have a feeling. I mean, Microsoft is talking about Copilot. And that will be AI built into all your office products. And that is, they haven't given a hard date, but they're saying this summer. So this summer, uh, you know, whenever that comes out, they're basically claiming that uh, you could get an email from a client or from a vendor or from somebody. It can pick up on the tone of the email and, and it will give you three or four options on replies, fully written. And then you can pick the one that's closest to what you want to say, edit it, and send it off. Wow. So pretty soon we won't have to think at all. Well, (laughs) Microsoft likes to play that differently. They like to say that this lets you interact with your customer more and less with your computer. (laughs) If you want to take that play on it. It takes the mundane out of the day and allows you to spend more time selling or interacting with colleagues or customers. And I can see where they say that. I mean, how many times have you written the same sentence or the same paragraph to a customer? If it's already there. Yeah, I I, I get it. I get it. I get it. So so am I afraid of it? I don't know. (laughs) I, I mean, with... There's all kinds of inventions. I mean, this I, I, I have to agree with a lot of people that say that this is probably something that's going to make the Industrial Revolution look like uh, child's play, per, perhaps. Perhaps. Wow. Well, I, I, whatever, whatever happens, I think you'll enjoy it. I, 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 could, see, I could see in your eyes <laughs> that, you, that you like it and it's fun and uh, 
it's something interesting to you, which is great. So well, I, I've told several people I am keeping my eye on it. Yeah. And 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 I have used it for some making some templates and 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 doing some emails and writing a, a couple of posts and articles and things where again it's acting as a research assistant. There's certain things I delete, certain things I edit. I, I don't maybe I don't like the way that it says something, or maybe I pick up on the way it says something and it spurs me on to a, a new idea. So, well, I, I give a lot of I'll say speeches, not really speeches, but talks, chats with uh, different organizations and different people, uh, politically, socially. So maybe maybe as my mind uh, advances, and I don't mean that in a good way. Uh, as I get older, sometimes words are harder to come by. So maybe that's something I should look into. Could help me with my uh, with my speech writing. Don't know, but anyway, cool. Well, I hope you enjoyed. I I I appreciate you looking into it. I've always been able to count on you to give me a really good, uh, honest opinion of all those interesting things. And and I know you'll use it to help Abresist for sure. That's. Uh, that's why you're here. Talonborn Abresist provides wear-resistant linings with excellent abrasion and impact resistance. Specifically constructed for use forever wear and abrasion are a problem. Let's get started on our next lining project. Visit Talonborn.us. The thing we didn't touch on, I, 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 you gave me some news this morning I want to share with everybody. And we don't get too personal on the, on the podcast, but... But Mike has a uh, has a family, and uh, I I uh, just found out that his baby just joined the Marine Corps, and I'm really happy about that. So yes. tell me what tell me what he, she has a he, I'm sorry he has an older daughter in the Army, and National so, Guard National Indiana Guard. National Guard. Well, that's Army today yeah. because yes. they're 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 activated. So so tell me tell me tell me about your family a little bit. So uh, I'm currently not married, but I have uh, three kids. Um, my son is uh, 26, and he basically is like a floor manager at a, a large grocery store down in Annapolis. Basically, if it's not fresh food, he handles it from truck unloading to putting it on the shelf uh, and all the people that do that. So uh, he does that. Uh, my, my middle daughter, she... Um, Joined the International Indiana National Guard. She actually just recently re-upped about a year ago. It's about the same time that she bought her first home. Mm -hmm. um, we were really surprised because we thought, oh, Indiana National Guard. You know, that's that's you know they talk about that being the the weekend warrior and and you'll have to put your time in, but it'll be all good. And so she gets back from basic training and AIT. Um, this would be about five five years ago. And uh, she calls down to West Lafayette and checks in, and they said, we're glad you called us. We've been trying to call you. And she goes, why? He goes, well, we're activating. You need to get down here and pick up a few classes because you're going to be shipping out. And, of course, as a dad, you're like, what? Mm -hmm. um, so here she is. She's uh, barely, uh, you know, she's not even 20 years old, and she basically spent nine months in Kuwait as a logistics specialist. Uh, they call them connexes. We call them containers. Yep. Uh, you know, that's what all of our basalt comes in on those containers. But uh, uh, she loaded those. Uh, she also talked about how you had to be very careful because you're loading tens of thousands of dollars worth of equipment if it comes up missing and you're the last person assigned for it. 
they'll be uh, garnishing your pay. <laughs> oh, God, that's terrible. But I understand. So she she talked about she loaded Connexes, she moved Connexes, and that's basically w- what she did over there for nine months. Um, she actually drove to the border one time with an empty semi, and that made me a little nervous. Uh, they were trading full full loaded for empties. The border uh, with Iraq. Right. Yeah. yeah. And that made me a little nervous yeah. uh, as a dad and, you know, wondering, you know, things happen. Yep. Uh, but she survived all that and she came back and, uh, she's a member of the, uh, BFW at Logan sport. Nice. Uh, she does full-time honor guard right now. In fact, she's leading the regional area in, in the, in the area over there. I think I don't even know what the area is. It's kind of Northwestern Indiana and she loves that. She's, she thinks it's just a, the, uh, uh, a, a great thing to be able to honor families and honor the person who's passed um, and be able to fold that flag in a, in a good way. I mean, sh- she said, you know, they don't require them to be snappy, right. uh, but, but they would work on putting some snap in it because that's honoring the family and the person who's passed who, who honored us by, by their service and their duty. You know, I, I, you say that, and I do a lot of missions over there with the Patriot Guard. I would be a bit surprised that I haven't seen her and just didn't know who she was. To be I, I think we talked one time, yeah. and you, and she said that yeah. you guys were there, yeah. and, and she was there. You probably didn't know it at the time. but it, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, so I would be a bit surprised if we haven't crossed paths at one point or another. I With the, with the Indiana Patriot Guard, I do a lot of uh, missions concerning uh, funerals for uh, active duty, deaths, uh, killed in actions, and of course veterans too when, when we're asked. So uh, if she's folded a flag at a funeral in Cass County or anywhere we're there, would be a bit surprised I don't run across her someday. So. And, and I'm, yeah, and I'm pretty sure that, that uh, she's been in a couple where you guys have displayed. Yeah, so nice, nice. And then uh, my uh, youngest uh, just graduated so 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 here's 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 the uh, young man in me clashing with the old man in me. <laughs> My youngest graduated. Um, I celebrate th- almost thirty five years at Abers's Corporation, and I'm going. Where has the time gone? It's flying. But m- my youngest just graduated, and within a week she was down at MEPS at Indianapolis, passed all of her stuff, signed on. Um, I got to watch the. They used to let you go in personally and watch. Now they Facebook it. And so I was able to watch her swear in and hear her say her name and says she swears. And she has her uh, uh, orders for this fall for boot camp. We, uh, we, we call it saying I do to Uncle Sam. <laughs> that's yeah. that's in, the, in, the, in the community. That's what we say. She just said I do to Uncle Sam, which means us. So that's great. I'm really proud of her. I'm happy for you, Mike. I... I, um, you know, I come from a military family and background, and we, uh, we think that's a big deal. I have uh, a grandson in the Air Force and a granddaughter in the Navy. And uh, as you know, I spend a lot of time in the military community with the Patriot Guard. So, so I'm, pr- I'm proud of her. I I'm, I'm hope, hope, you are, hope you are too, both of them. It's a great deal to, uh, to, uh, to have that happen, and you should be very proud to, to know that your, your daughters are serving. So that's a really good thing. And just yep. so you know, my youngest granddaughter just graduated from high school, so there. <laughs> so that's what I did on Memorial Day weekend was get to, I'm sorry, my youngest grandson 
uh, just graduated from uh, from high school. So anyway, but anyway, yeah, we're all getting older, but but uh, you know, I figure Mike's probably got a few years left, young guy. But uh, after t- thirty five years, you're kind of in the same boat as me. I started very young here at this company, and and uh, I think uh, as I I mentioned to Chris uh, in an earlier podcast. I started planning my retirement the day I started here. So not a lot of people will admit that or think think about that. But the truth is, you really should think about it someday because, you know, as much as we love this building and everybody in it, there's more to life than Abrazist. And uh, someday you're going to have to think about retiring. And uh, obviously, uh, uh, you know, 10 more years puts you at 45 years. You'll be barely 60 years old, I think. No, I'll be 65. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. So 10 more years puts you at 65. Well, right. That's so, 45 years. That seems to be a pretty good number that, around that's, here. That's kind of what I'm shooting for. That's what I'm <laughs> thinking, you know. Let Uncle Sam take over my health care, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I just had that happen to me this year. I haven't used it yet, but so we'll see. We'll see if it actually works or not. But uh, but anyway, well, heck, Mike, thanks. I, I appreciate you coming in and visiting, and it's always good to, to chat with you and uh can't tell you enough how much I appreciate what you've done for me over these years and for the company, obviously. Uh, you, uh, I, I, I know you're very well liked here and, I, and everybody appreciates what you do. And, and uh, I can tell you from, from, from a management standpoint that uh, this company wouldn't be the same had you not been here. There's just no doubt in my mind about that. We, we see so many things on a daily basis that have your fingerprints on them much like mine. And, uh, I think that's, a, that's a big deal it needs to be celebrated. And, and, uh, if I'm alive, when your retirement party comes, I'm going to come and drink whiskey with you that day, just like you did with me. Yep. So hopefully, hopefully I'll be around 10 more years and, uh, we'll get to see you retire. And, and, uh, I know you're doing some interesting things, woodworking at home and printing and things. And that sounds like a lot of fun. And, I think uh, you'll have a lot of neat things to, to do when you retire. So, so uh, just want to give you another opportunity to say a little more, and then we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna get out of here. Okay. So. Well, I, I appreciate the compliment. Sometimes I don't. Sometimes I feel that way, and sometimes I don't. You know, it's just like uh, I, I find that sometimes I focus on the day to day too much. Um. So. So yeah. So so to hear that and and to think about on where I've trekked through here and I guess everywhere we go we leave our fingerprint and 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 what we do and a little bit of who we are on everybody we touch so so I, I guess that's all important and then turning it over to the the next generation yep. uh, to teaching people how to do what you did and then hopefully they do it better yep. and, and again that's that's creating success that way too well I see it upstairs I uh, you're you're the young kids that you have working in your department all spectacular uh, there's no slouches here at Aberzist. We got rid of all them years ago, so so I think we can be proud of that too. And and I think they pay attention, and and I know uh, I know they look up to you and appreciate your input. Uh, you're a kind guy. That's 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 important. And uh, I th- I think your your position uh, after you're gone, it will be well taken care of by the kids you've raised up in your department. So so again, we appreciate it. Well, uh, I think we'll get out of here. We hope you've enjoyed our chat today. That's always good to talk to old friends. I get in here every once in a while and, and uh, I'm able to sit down and talk to my buddies I worked with all these years. Uh, 
Mike's been very instrumental in building this company, and we appreciate everything he's done. So uh, we may get him back in here one day again. There's a lot more stuff we could talk about. We have a lot of history together. So uh, stay tuned for upcoming podcasts. We may have him back one of these days. Next time uh, when we uh, get together, you may hear from uh, Greg Leininger, who is the elder statesman of the company. I think Greg's working on 40 Five, 46 it's coming up on 46 four, 46 I years something like that he'll be coming up pretty soon and we've got some new folks here at the company Craig Friendway has been our president now for nine or ten years and we have a new director of sales Brian we'll try to get him in here and uh, we'll keep talking about the history and the relationships and uh, all the cool stuff we've done over this year so uh, we'll, we always uh, enjoy sharing our little piece of the world, this little pipe company here in Wabash County and all the people that's touched and all the success stories. So stay tuned. Don't forget to check us out on Facebook at Callenborn Aversist USA and on LinkedIn, Callenborn Aversist Corporation. Thanks again for listening. See you next time. And don't forget to laugh often and lead a rare life. Podcast was produced and edited by Up There Media, LLC.